Hey everybody, it's Seth. Hope you're doing well. This is a, uh, I guess, an update on the parenting podcast series. Now, in the interest of balance and fairness, I wanted to point out some of the downsides of of parenting. Uh, I think it's important. I mean, I've obviously portrayed, and it's not a mere portrayal, but I actually experience a joyful, rosy glow from interactions with Der Schwedems. But uh, I think it's also, you know, fair and reasonable to talk about some of the downsides of parenting so that should you decide to embark upon one of the greatest adventures on the planet, uh, that of raising and being responsible for a delicate and beautiful and robust human life, that you will have, (laughs) such as it is, the benefit of my own perspectives, uh, if that makes any sense, and uh, uh, some of the limitations that I see. Now, this is probably not a shock uh, to you, but uh, a little bit of a shock to me, Uh, just how staggeringly time-consuming parenting is. I mean, it is mind-blowing, just how time-consuming parenting is. I I mean, I can sort of run through a typical day, just so you can keep this in mind. Uh, I stay up a little bit later because I do uh, my FDR work at night, and Christina gets up a little bit earlier, maybe an hour, hour and a half earlier than I do. Isabella gets up between 6 and 7.30 uh, in the morning, and I get up sort of 8, 8.30. And it's, you know, uh, Christina needs to uh, obviously change and, and uh, she needs to uh, uh, brush her teeth. Well, she's already done that, but she needs to sort of get herself ready uh, for her work day. So I then take uh, Isabella for, uh, usually for the morning. And so then I sort of have her from 8.30 until she goes down until around, uh, at around 12. Uh, and more recently, she's been having longer naps, which is uh, that's pretty good. Uh, she's been having two, two and a half hour naps. And so I can get some stuff done during the day. But for a long time, she was only having an hour nap or so during the day. So, uh, I mean, I get over 100 emails a day. And uh, and that's just in my inbox, let alone Facebook and YouTube and some of the other places where people can can, uh, contact me. So, and of course, there's some message board stuff uh, that I have to respond to. So I sort of, I would get the emails done to some degree when uh, she was down. And that was... uh, it was uh, quite a challenge <laughs> to get all that stuff done. And then Isabella would be up, and I would give her lunch. And uh, then it's a long haul, right? I mean, she would be up from 2 o'clock, and then she'd usually go to bed 7.30, uh, 8 o'clock, right? So that's uh, you know, five and a half, six hours. And during that time, uh, we would uh, I would take her out, or if Christina was home, we'd go out together. And, uh, you know, that's sort of, it's not exactly school, but it's sort of the time, the time that we teach and uh, uh, talk to her about, you know, we teach her songs and teach her animals and teach her counting and words and all that kind of stuff. It's nothing particularly formal, as you can imagine. But um, that's when we uh, get that stuff done. And then she will go down uh, around uh, 8 o'clock or so. And then, uh, and I'm sorry for this background water that will come up in a bit, then what happens is we have uh, to clean up, right? Because uh, having a baby is a, <laughs> having a baby around is a pretty messy, messy business. So she's got uh, 
there's there's dishes of course uh, and uh, we've got to wash her bottles uh, so that she can have bottles for tomorrow that are clean and dry and of course there's uh, her laundry to do because uh, having a baby is an endless cavalcade of laundry so that um, uh, leads us to uh, about 9 o'clock or maybe even 9.30 uh, it's now 5 to 9 I'm just getting down to doing her dishes and uh, that's uh, that's the end of the day um, then uh, we have uh, an hour or so to uh, to chit chat, uh, get caught up, uh, you know, swap stories of the day. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, uh, Christina and Isabella and I are together for the a good portion of the day. Christina works a couple of hours a day, and um, uh, we. But then Christina and I have a chance to chat in the evening uh, for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then. Um, get kind of tired, so maybe we'll watch a, a sitcom or something and, and then uh, head to bed. Or Christina will head to bed and I'll uh, sort of go to bed and, and, and uh, then I'll I sometimes get up. Depends on how tired I am. But I will uh, I will get up and do some, some more work. Uh, and uh, then I'll sort of get to bed around uh, 12.30 or, or 1. And that's the day, right? So, I mean, if you do... Uh, I mean, it's worth adding it up, right? Just because... It's, it's it's an unbelievable investment of of time and energy, and this is um, this is constant. This isn't you know uh, uh, you know put your feet up, read a magazine while she plays quietly. At least not not with our darling. Uh, she is uh, a um, constantly in need of, and I mean not unfairly so, uh, time and attention. I will uh, have a very like maybe thirty seconds just to have a look at the board, or you know if a donation came in, oh, can I eat? <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. But uh, there's no no focused or concentrated work. Um, uh, I don't do podcasts when she's around, of course, because focus on parenting unless she's in the backseat of the car. So that is some concentrated. So eight thirty until uh, noon, right? Uh, so eight thirty till noon. That's uh, three and a half hours, and then another five hours, eight and a half hours, plus another hour or two for cleaning, laundry, and that kind of stuff. I mean, there's more than a full-time job with a commute, uh, and uh, uh, that's just having one uh, child. Now, it's not, of course, like two children is double, but uh, it's it's a massive investment. I mean, this is, of course, why I can keep up with, um, you know, producing podcasts not quite as voluminously as I did in the past, but uh, that's why I can't I can't write a book or, or finish a book or anything like that, because the book is a big deal, right? I mean, there's the planning, there's the writing, there's the editing, there's the uh, recording of the audiobook, there's the uh, designing of the cover and all. Like, it's a, it's a big deal, and I just don't have the time. And that will change uh, over the next year, but right now, it's a huge time investment. It is massive, and of course, it's nonstop. Uh, there's no, there are no breaks, really, and the next day, you're, you're doing the same thing again. And uh, <laughs> it sort of makes you wonder what the hell you did with time before. Uh, so I mean, then there are just things that you have to change. Uh, I don't, I don't play video games anymore. I might play, um, you know, ten or fifteen minutes of an iPod game uh, at the end of the day, but uh, uh, but that's about it, right? So no video games. Uh, I don't really get to read as much. I will try and get reading in for my interviews uh, with people, but uh, uh, it's not really much uh, much reading. Uh, no books. Uh, it's tough to schedule this to convos, and I'm sorry to the people who need them, or who want them, I should say, um, where it's taking some time to schedule. Uh, it's, uh, it's a challenge. I can't obviously do them when I have uh, Christina Solo, sorry, Isabella Solo. So uh, it's a challenge. And in there, I mean, I, I still need to go to the gym, or at least I, I choose to go to the gym, and uh, that's... Uh, uh, I mean, that can be an hour and a half to sort of go there, work out, and uh, shower and come back. I try to do that three times a week, so uh, it's 
you know, it's hard to get until you you get it. Right? It's hard to get until you get it. But uh, it's a FDR was a full time job, and uh, of course that's become a part time job. And uh, parenting is is the full time job. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> what a time what a time sink it is. And that's not to say that it's it's um, it's bad, right? It's just to point out what it is. Um, so that's something to be prepared for. Now the other thing, and I guess I'm sure it's no huge shock to anyone, is that parenting can be really boring. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the nature of the beast. Um, it's full of thrills, and you know, I, th- I think I've talked about all the positive stuff. But I think you know, let's take for granted the positive stuff and talk about the stuff which, at least, I find to be challenging. Um, uh, children, uh, infants, are all about repetition, 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 repetition. Uh, that's the only way to to wear the grooves of of language and counting and all of that into their brains. And Isabella recently learned her first genuine concept, which was the word again to to have something done again. And she is, you know, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Uh, she wants things done like literally a hundred times is is fine uh, for her. And so when we're teaching her a song, or when I'm teaching her a song. She'll hear the song, she'll figure out her part, and she'll say, again, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again. And I don't care how much you love Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Come a hundred times, um, <laughs> it's a little harder to stay focused than the first time. So there's just enormous amounts of repetition that are involved. Uh, Isabella loves putting on my shoes and walking around, and she needs help with that, and she needs to be watched constantly so she doesn't trip and fall into a wall or something like that. So there is that uh, that aspect that she, you know, it's like, well, part of me is like, why do you want to do this again? <laughs> but she does, and that's the nature of, of being a kid, right? Why does she want to uh, throw sand in the air yet again? Because she's figuring out that sand is different from air, it's different from Water is different from solids. I mean, she's just going through the table of the elements as far as textures go, and she needs to figure it out, and it takes a lot of repetition to learn anything when you're uh, a toddler. So repetition, repetition, repetition. That is just something you, you kind of just have to brace yourself for it. And it does get kind of funny after a while. Um, you know, she she likes being held and bounced on our big exercise ball, which is the only workout it's really getting these days. And uh, so you'll bounce with her on that, and she'll say, again, Again, again. And there's a phase, of course, with uh, toddlers when they want to do things for themselves, but they're not quite ready, right? So she wants to feed herself yogurt, but uh, not quite ready. Uh, and, you know, you can let her sort of mess herself up, but it is a, uh, it, you know, this just means you know, more laundry, more work. And we try to sort of let her do that as much as possible, but she can get a little frustrated if it's not possible in the moment, or we don't think it's possible in the moment to, to let her do it right away. So uh, there's a lot of boring stuff, you know. So I'll I'll take it to the library, which is uh, it's a good place to go. They've got lots of uh, lots of toys and all that. And she wants to uh, walk over and she wants to play with the balls that are on the wall. Uh, and then she wants to go and she wants to push the letters around on the whiteboard. And then she wants to go and bang the mouse against the computer table. And then she wants to go over to the magnet toys. And then she wants to go over and try and pull books off the shelves, which I don't let her do. And then. <laughs> We go back to the balls on the wall, and it's like it's like those little family circus dotted line roll arounds. She's just rounded, and what are you doing? Uh, a, a, you are uh, following her around and facilitating her play. Uh, she's not old enough. I shouldn't say that. She's starting. She's fifteen months. She's starting to become old enough to do interactive play, right? So, like, I'll throw a ball to her. She'll throw the ball back to me, right? So that's that's starting to happen, but. 
it's uh, it's pretty new. And for the most part, uh, since she was able to crawl, which has been, uh, I don't know, seven or eight months, it's been a follow her around and facilitate her play. Uh, make sure she doesn't hurt herself, um, make things available to her if they're too high or too low, um, tell her what they are, um, you know, try and play a little bit, but she doesn't really do much interactive stuff or didn't. And then you move on to the next thing. And it's brain dead. It is brain dead work. Uh, you know, not a lot of people who would do that as a hobby. Now, of course, it's your kid, and it's beautiful that she's learning things and all that, so I'm not trying to say it's some prison sentence, but it's, you know, just <laughs> brace yourself for some some dull times. Uh, and uh, if you have a brain the size of a planet, it can be a little trying. Uh, but then you just learn to do a little bit of dual uh, multitasking, right? I'll, I'll think about a good podcast topic or a good argument or whatever while I'm doing that stuff. Um, I did once or twice try listening to audiobooks while I was with her, sort of a, with a uh, fixed uh, earphone in one ear, but didn't, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't feel too comfortable because I'd get into the audiobook and, you know, my focus would blast a little. And let's, that sort of brings us to the next thing, is that uh, I think this is pretty common, and I don't think I'm more susceptible to it than most. But, oh, my friends, I will tell you, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There is um, a continual amount of low-grade anxiety around uh, being being a parent, and I read about it. Um, I, I remember reading about it years ago. A woman saying, "You know, it's like the focus on your kid or the uh, thoughts about your kid and some of the worries about your kid. You can you can it's like a dimmer switch. You can turn down, but you can't turn it off. And that is very true. Uh, whoever wrote that, quite uh, quite accurate. Uh, there is a constant low-grade anxiety around." Uh, being a parent, um, and I'll just sort of give you uh, give you some examples so you can sort of understand what it is that I mean. Uh, it, it is true that you would rather take a body blow yourself than have your child hurt, right? I would rather, <laughs> uh, you know, get whacked in the nuts than have my daughter trip and bang her head, which she's only done a couple of times, and she's actually pretty. She's very steady on her feet, and she's really good with that stuff. But nonetheless, it happens, and so. You're just continually aware of and alert to uh, dangers in the environment. Um, things like glass tables, of course. Uh, things like uh, anything with an edge, right? A wall or a chair to some degree or a table. Uh, you're just aware of it because uh, it's one thing. You know, if she falls, if Isabella falls, she's fine. She puts her hands out. And she's a good faller. But if she puts her hands out and she's falling against the edge of something, she won't be able to stop herself. And she's only done that once, and it left a bruise for about a week. It's um, she was fine, and she cried for a couple of minutes, and then she was okay. But uh, it's you just you have to be so careful all the time. And inevitably, your guard goes down for a second. You start thinking thinking about something else, or you reach to have a sip of your coffee, or something like that. You know, something really important. <laughs> And then she'll trip, and you're like, oh, man, you know, I should have been closer. I should have been um, there for her, and I should have made sure she didn't right up right. And uh, now she's, again, Isabella's never broken skin, and, you know, she's only had one bruise that lasted more than a day. So she's been, um, I think, pain-free, injury-free to, to, for the most part, uh, almost exclusively. But there's a lot of... Uh, um, I mean, there's times when you're there and you're alert and you're aware, but you just can't catch her in time. You know, she wants to go up and down the stairs. Gosh, this is another thing, which is repetition and anxiety, is that she wants to go up and down the stairs. And for a while there, she had a habit where she would go up the stairs and then 
uh, halfway up the stairs, she would stand and turn around. And uh, she didn't know how to do that, and so you really had to be there. And at the same time, she doesn't want help, right? So she's kind of pushing your hand away because she wants to do it on her own, which, of course, I can completely understand. But she wants to do it on her own, but she can't do it on her own. And so you kind of got to be there without interfering, and, you know, you can't hold her by the back of the jacket because if she trips uh, whatever, you don't want exactly to cut off her air or anything. So it's... Um, it's a real challenge uh, to this. This is continual low-grade anxiety. Now, some of the anxiety is not even low-grade. Um, again, I don't know if this is true of other parents, and if you're a parent, please let me know. But you know, for a while there, until I learned how to manage it better, uh, my you know a significant portion of my parenting was an endless uh, disaster movie uh, scenario. Right, so. Uh, she's uh, uh, she's in a, uh, a dollar store. Uh, we took refuge in a dollar store because it was just freezing out. And we were in this dollar store, and she wanted to play with uh, the things on the the, the the pegs coming off the the chipboard uh, that with all the doodads hanging from them. She wanted to play with those. And so, of course, you see these these rods and these hooks coming out from the wall, and immediately you think, if she trips, she won't be able to stop herself. One of those could go straight through her eye. And, like, when when you think of that, your, your whole... You just... You know, you just... You get nauseous. You're just like, oh my god, that's just the worst thing ever to for her to, you know... Uh, anyway, I think you understand. And this kind of radar is, is continual. And, and it's necessary. You have to do it as a parent. I mean, because there are lots of dangers around that you need to be cognizant of. And um, so, you know, giving her the latitude to play on those uh, in that area without interfering with her when she doesn't want you to her help, but to keep her safe. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough and it can be stressful. And it actually can be, depending on the environment, after a while it can actually just be kind of exhausting, right? So when I take her to Chuck E. Cheese... Um, there's lots of stuff she can do, but there's lots of kids running around. Oh, yeah, the other kids running around, you know, at the library or at Chuck E. Cheese or at some of the play areas we go to. Oh, that is that is tough. Um, you know, they're, they're older kids, and some of them are, you know, kind of rough kids, and they're just barreling around, and I have to be the human shield at all times and all of that. So uh, so that's tough, right? Like, so one of the play centers I take her to, there's one of those big square rooms with all the colored balls. And she loves to go into that room and, and sit down and play with the balls. But there's sort of these, these corridors leading into the room, and kids love to just come barreling down, you know, the six- or seven-year-old boys. They just love to come barreling down and then jump into the balls. And, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of stressful. I have to sort of, again, be the human shield, right, and make sure that they don't plunge into uh, to Isabella. And, you know, after you do that for half an hour, I mean, it's uh, it's tiring. Uh, it's tiring. It's a lot of concentration. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, obviously you don't want to uh, put any other kids in harm's way, but you want to make sure your own kid isn't harmed and she wants to stay in there and it's safe for her to be there as long as you're protecting her, but you've got to keep your wits about you and that stuff can, uh, that can be tiring for sure. Now I get, <laughs> I get what malls are for. Like I really do and I didn't understand that for the longest time. What the hell are these things for? Why would you, but now um, that I'm a parent, um, I get it. I I get it. I understand. Malls are where your kids can run, and they're going to be pretty safe. Uh, and that's why it's great fun. I'm not a big go-to-the-mall guy, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty nice to go to a mall, uh, and to uh, she can she can walk around. And particularly the malls we go to during the day, it's uh, it's pretty quiet, 
And so there's, you know, and there's lo- what is there? There's lots of other uh, parents uh, who are um, uh, who are there with their kids. And uh, most of the, I guess we're kind of lucky in a way. I'm not that the other parents, the other kids aren't lucky, but they are uh, in their strollers. And most of the kids are just lying there like zombies in their strollers. I don't know how that's possible because you can't get Isabella to stay in a stroller if you bribe her with chocolate bunnies. And uh, so Isabella can can walk around the mall, and as long as we're alert around, she loves escalators, right? So she'll dart towards escalators. As long as uh, we're alert to escalators and to any stairs, which she's going to run towards, uh, although she doesn't do that as much anymore, but she used to. Um, it's it's pretty relaxing, you know. You can as long as you get, she wants to go into the china shop. Uh, that's a little bit more stressful, but uh, for the most part, it's uh, it's just. Uh, uh, it's great in a mall, uh, and we're actually lucky because we're on a street. There's no th- through street. We're on a cul-de-sac, so there's virtually no traffic during the day. So she can go out, and she can. <laughs> what she loves to do is grab stones and throw them into the sewer grate. Blurp. <laughs> so uh, we can go and do that, and we can go to the park and all that. And even at the park, you know, there's <laughs> plenty of ways to brain your kid in the in the park. And um, she, you know, went through a phase of eating sand. But uh, hey, that's uh, I think that's pretty natural for kids, and uh, I hope my phase ends and soon with that because uh, I tell you the roughage mornings are pretty rough. So uh, that low-grade continual anxiety, <laughs> punctuated with bouts of nauseous terror about the possibilities of her injury, um, that's part and parcel. And uh, again, I don't want to say I don't want to say like I'm biting my nails the whole time and sweating blood, but it's there. Uh, it's there. You just have to be alert. You have to be aware that there's a long time. And that's not going to end for a long time. And it started a long time back, right? Of course, when the kid's first born, you're anxious about, you know, health and and development and all that kind of stuff. And once that's sorted out, then they're, um, they're walking and crawling and you've got to take care of them there. And of course, uh, now she's going to start running. Uh, in a few months, we're going to start her in gymnastics. And then she's going to start riding a bike. And then, you know, <laughs> it's going to be continual. Uh, that um, and I, I, God Almighty, I think back to my own childhood, and the things that I was just out doing—it's mental. <laughs> it's mental what uh, what was going on in my community around uh, what kids were allowed. I mean, it was uh, we were rolling. I mean, the age of five, I distinctly remember rolling down big hills on my skateboard and, and biking all over the neighborhood. And that was probably a little older, six or seven, biking all over the neighborhood. But uh, it was a serious amount of latitude. And I <laughs> it's kind of tough to imagine that. I mean, I don't want to be helicopter overprotective parent, but it's uh, it's definitely there. Now, I'd also like to mention another downside uh, to parenting, uh, which is that it can be. I shouldn't say I'm not a human being who's prone to loneliness. Uh, I've never really. F- I mean, I don't. When people talk about loneliness, like the, this gulf between themselves and others. I don't feel that. I always suspect that loneliness is uh, is separation from the self, uh, which is misidentified as separation from others. Yeah, separation from others being an effect. And maybe I'll do a podcast on that if people are interested. But um, I'm not a person who goes through loneliness much, and I I haven't gone through the you know say, oh parents who stay at home oh my god to hear an adult voice and blah blah blah. I don't go through that so much. Actually, I don't really go through that at all. You have to like the world, I think, a lot more to <laughs> to miss it. But I will say that 
it is strange, given that Christine and I are complete joyful chatterboxes with each other, it is, it is strange that we can go a whole day maybe exchanging five meaningful sentences with each other until we're alone and everything's done in the evening. And that's, that's a strange thing. Uh, it's strange for our marriage, of course, which has been a fantastic conversation since, since the very first time we went out together. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's strange in the context to, to be around, right? So when we're at the mall, we can try and get a conversation going, but there's going to be a continual interruption, right? So, oh, she's darting off over here, so we have to sort of split up because we have the, maybe we have the carriage with us or some shopping or whatever, and uh, then we sort of bring her back, and maybe she's just a little fussy or whatever. And it's really, really hard to get any kind of conversation going. And actually, eventually, uh, you could just get frustrated. Like, it's even more annoying to, <laughs> to try and get a conversation going with, um, with Isabella Bella around than not. And so that's been a big change. Uh, and it's, um, it's been more so now that Isabella is really mobile. Uh, it's been more of that kind of change than it was before. Uh, before, when she was crawling around, it was easier to have conversations. But it's it's tougher now that she's really mobile. So I sort of wanted to point out that aspect of things that's a, a real challenge. So I miss my wife. <laughs> I miss my wife. Uh, and it's even more odd to miss someone when you're, you know, in the same room. And, uh, uh, you know, or at the same, in the same outing. Uh, so... You can try and have a conversation when we're feeding Isabella, but that's kind of tough because Isabella can start hollering for something or she doesn't like something or she'll drop or throw something and we have to sort of go and wipe it or clean it. Or, so it's it's tough. You know, it's, uh, it's like trying to concentrate on a test while having a bag of bees over your head. It can be. Uh, so so the, the depth and length of conversations uh, has diminished uh, considerably, which is something, of course, that I, I miss a lot. And uh, and also, of course, and this is, I don't regret this, but it's a change. Uh, of course, when we do have time, we will talk about our daughter, right? <laughs> we will talk about Isabella, what she learned, uh, what she did, and, and all these kinds of things. Like, um, a friend, friend of mine was up this uh, weekend from the States, and we were outside, and Isabella had never really been in the backyard before, um, this this year in particular. And we were out in the backyard, and uh, we have, of course, a water spout coming off our back uh, roof. And Isabella pointed at it and said, "Spider." Well, spider. <laughs> she said, "Spider," and I couldn't realize I didn't realize what she meant for a moment until uh, I remembered that she'd seen a bunch of uh, uh, the videos. Right? She's seen a bunch of times where there's a spider going up the water spout, and she'd only seen a cartoon water spout, but she correctly identified it as a real water spout, even though it's a different color. She was saying, spider, water spout, so then we did the water spout song and so on. That was kind of cool. That's a great story to tell to Christina. I mean, not the, maybe not a great story for you, but it's a great story for for us. And so we'll talk about that and, and what she did and any, if anything unusual developed during the day or if she's, you know, whatever, right? So, so the actual talking about ideas or talking about... Uh, Thoughts and feelings that are not around parenting. And that's uh, that's taken a significant backseat, and uh, that's and that's there's a downside. Right? I'm I miss that uh, quite a lot. So I sort of wanted to uh, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, that as well uh, as as a challenge when it comes to to being a parent.
so I just wanted to uh, leave you with that and um, I thank you of course for listening and supporting and what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a podcast if you're interested about things I mean the things that you know that are going to be great about uh, about parenting but there are also uh, but there are things that to me were really surprisingly great about parenting and I sort of like to to talk about that oh the other thing that I would mention as well is that the uh, I mean I- Isabella is affectionate for sure she actually just gave me my first kiss today which is <laughs> beautiful and she's really uh, is affectionate but the affection is largely feeding me food which is nice and thumping me on the chest and saying da da <laughs> I think she thumps me open palmed on the chest that's a way of giving me a pat which is nice but that's relatively new, and certainly for the first uh, 14, 13, 14 months, uh, it was mostly a one-way street in terms of, of give, give, give. And that was pretty much understood, I guess, going up front. But it's kind of different to go through it, where it is really just a give, give, give. And that's, uh, if you're not prepared for that, I think it's really important. You know, I have these ideas of the baby nestling into you and melting into you with their arms draped over your shoulder and all that. I'm sure that happens with some kids. <laughs> it certainly doesn't happen with my daughter. Uh, she's uh, just squirmy and active and all that. So you wouldn't want to go into uh, parenting, uh, at least go into parenting with the awareness of the possibility that the level of affection that you're going to receive during the early years, I mean, obviously it's during the early months, is uh, is low. And uh, it, it can be... Uh, you, you have to make sure you stay out of the mindset of I've given you a lot... And so now you need to give a little in terms of flexibility or whatever, because that's not how infants operate, right? They don't sort of go, well, take, 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 now I've got to give a little, right? So I think that's important to remember that it is just give, 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 and there is no reciprocity that she's responsible for for the foreseeable future. And that's, uh, I think, important as well. Um, some of the fantasies that you have, and occasionally when she's really tired, she will do that sort of nestle and burrow in, and she's just starting to hug a little now. And, I mean, I know that she really enjoys my company because she's very upset when I leave the room. Or is that uh, attachment disorder? Eh, I think it's affection for my company. <laughs> but um, I uh, I just wanted sort of to be aware. You should be aware, I think, of that possibility because uh, it is uh, it is important to to be aware of that and to know that it might happen uh, and, and probably will happen, I think. So um, uh, anyway, I just wanted to point out these things that I found that are uh, the downsides of parenting uh, to give you a sort of more 360 view of at least my experiences of it. And uh, of course, uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is a beautiful and wonderful and magical state. And uh, I hope that you get the chance to experience it.